This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. It is Thursday, October 13th, I think. It is. 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts 45 and Change. It's Thursday, so you know who's here. The Dean, Bill Kerlick, Mark Porter of Scouting Ohio, join us. Gentlemen, how goes it on a crisp fall Friday? Thursday, excuse me. <laughs> crisp. It is crisp. Going all right here. Sun, we is, asked sun for, is out after rain last night. Oh, yeah. We lost. By the way, that's why my internet is going to be spotty today. So if we're, I apologize. We are the worst here in the Gem City when it comes to uh, internet interference. I have a broadband line or the fancy one put in here as soon as possible. So I appreciate your patience. We asked for questions from the Bucknutters, and we got a ton. So we were going to start with those. Fox R2001, talking about Ohio recruits in the class of 2024. Who do they think will be the top-ranked prospects from Ohio, the five-stars and the high-four-stars in the class of 2024 by the time the cycle's over? And who do you think Ohio State will drill down on in the class of 2024? Mark, take the floor. Well, this is a big question, and there's a – a lot of names to bring up when you talk about the top players in 24. Uh, Bryce West, the DB from Glenville, and Aaron Scott, the DB from Springfield, are two of the best. And when you have two corners like that in Ohio and a premium position like that, they'll probably be at top of most people's list. Uh, Elias Rudolph, the pass rusher down at Cincinnati Taft with the Ohio State offer. Uh, I watched him earlier this year. He has earned his ranking. If he's not a five-star eventually, that would surprise me. He's probably a four-star right now. Uh, Luke Hamilton, the offensive lineman at Avon, and Ben Roebuck, the offensive lineman at St. Edwards. And let's put Freddie Johnson from Glenville in that uh, echelon of linemen. Those are the three guys that are leading the way there. So Ohio State hasn't offered a lineman yet in Ohio for 2002-4. Look at those three guys first. Uh, Brian Robinson from Fitch has one of the best offer lists in Ohio right now. He was at the Ohio State camp this summer. He'll be a hot name that's going to be talked about a lot as we get out uh, in the offseason. Uh, Garrett Stover at Big Walnut just did a video on him. He's another guy that's going to be in that top ten, uh, the four-star, hoping to be a five-star. 
Uh, Jordan Marshall from Moeller, the running back. I just saw him this weekend. Uh, we just did him in the uh, the weekly breakdown. Um, Tavion Galloway, who's already committed to LSU from uh, Chillicothe, is a name that has a decorated offer list. Will he stay committed to LSU? As you know, once these seasons starts and teams start winning or losing, things like that starts to change. Uh, Timothy Carpenter, uh, a quarterback athlete at Trotwood Madison, is going to be a guy that everybody's got to look at just because of his size-speed ratio. Uh, Gavin Grover might be the best tight end in the class from Olentangy High School. Uh, Terion Nichols is a guy that has the track times down at Withrow at a Notre Dame offer and other offers where uh, he got a little taller this year. He's going to be a defensive back that hopes to be named with Bryce Scott and uh, Aaron Scott and Bryce West. Uh, Samuel Williams Dixon, the running back from West Holmes. Um, you know, Brendan Zerberg, the quarterback at Alliance, ties to Michigan, might be the best quarterback in the class. Uh, Dominic Kirks is a player I like as a sleeper out of Villa, Angela St. Joseph. He's a giant defensive end, might be able to play offensive line, really athletic. Uh, how long do you guys want me to go on 2024, Bill? <laughs> I, I might be stealing some of Bill's answer here and some of his thunder, but this early in the year, I haven't seen everybody yet. We're literally at the halfway point, week eight. We have till week 16. So I haven't laid eyeballs on some of these kids since summer or last year. And as we get through this, and then as I get into the film session at the end of the year, I could tighten this list up for you. But there's a lot of ways you can go with this list. Uh, the Armstrong brothers at St. Ed's both look much brother, much better, I should say. You know, like a year ago, I'd be like, yeah, they're probably not Ohio State. Saw him, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and every time I see him, I'm like, unbelievable. So sleepers in the class and, you know, fast risers, there's a pretty good uh, chunk of names that, uh, you know, chew on. Bill, who exactly do you know for a fact now? Mark gave us the big list. Let's let's slice that down to the filet mignon of the guys you know for a fact right now that Ohio State's way into. I forgot the Murray Winton from Glenville. Yep. We can uh, start there. He's one that they are going after. Uh, yeah, obviously the, the two corners. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure Mark has seen him in person play this year. I know I have uh, Weston Scott. You know, I was I was talking uh, just yesterday with someone that you know, High State's going to take th at least three corners in the 2024 class. Um, they can take care of a whole lot of their needs right here in Ohio by getting Weston Scott. Um, and to be honest, I, you know, I, I think that they would be the school to beat to be, for both of them, in my opinion. So they can get uh, a lot of their needs filled right here in Ohio with those two. It's kind of like offensive line this year. They were able to get almost all their needs on the offensive line for 2023 filled from the state of Ohio. Uh, Jordan Marshall's a guy that I really like. Um, saw him a few weeks ago and, uh, He's not uh, the absolute burner, but he's good. He's very good. I like him a lot. Uh, he'll make people miss. He'll run you over. Um, another guy Mark mentioned, Elias Rudolph. Uh, I like a high stage chances generally with him. Um, you know, he's a really good edge edge guy that uh, that I think a high state's got a, a pretty realistic chance to land. Garrett Stover. Uh, saw him a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think he's a little bit more of a linebacker than a safety, but he's being recruited as the hybrid guy, linebacker safety. And uh, uh, I've got him crystal ball to Ohio State. Uh, we mentioned Witten. They offered him. Um, and those are the guys right now that they're really 
drilled down on in Ohio. Yeah, it's very fortunate when you have a year in the state and bring in two elite guys. I think about the defensive line where they got Jack Sawyer and Mike Hall in one class. To get uh, Scott and West in one class is almost asking for too much. Those are – you can make an argument that two of the top five corners in the country. I mean, there's no – there's if you look at their physical – their pedigree in terms of quality of play. I mean, Glenville and Springfield play a great schedule, so that would be huge. I think we covered the sleepers there. They're still asleep. We covered enough of them. Clubber 68, Mark, have you scouted running back Nate Servers from Big Walnut? Clubber 68 went to high school with his mom, so he's pumped. <laughs> yeah, uh, tell his mom they have a great-looking uh, player on their hands. Yeah. Uh, what I like about him is he's a little bit over 200 pounds or listed that way as a running back. And, boy, he's got some speed, power. He kind of has the cutting ability that looks unusual for his size. He puts his foot in the ground and gets downhill. I could see why there would be college interest in him. Uh, at the end of the day, does he have major college breakaway speed? Probably not. But he's probably a college football player, even if it's not on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, probably could be a strong safety or some type of linebacker in college. But, Turn on the film of him, and he is really impressive running the ball. I mean, at 200 pounds, you're going to be a powerful runner in high school, and he does that. But then the changeup is the speed he has and the cutting ability. So, yeah, nice-looking player. Uh, this summer, I think summer camps would have a lot to do with where he would end up. If he's a high-academic kid, that would help out. But, you know, this being MAC territory, I'm sure those uh, schools are going to kick the tires on him pretty hard because he has a nice skill set. I, uh, I might add that I also saw him a few weeks ago and um, did not know that much about him because, you know, High State's not actively recruiting him at this point, but he stood out to me. He had a really nice game. He was kind of a workhorse that night. Uh, he, like Mark said, maybe doesn't have the elite speed, but he's just a good football player. Um, yeah. You know, they went to him. He was their main guy offensively that night, and, and for good reason. He's a good football player, no doubt. Probably wishes Trussell was still the head coach, but I um, – not so. Either Mark, Bill, or Dan. I have a good one of these so I can go. Who is the best multi-sport high school athlete you've ever seen in person? We discussed this a little bit before the show. <clears throat> Mark never goes to any sporting events that don't have pigskin, so he's going to beg out. <laughs> Bill, you had some interesting ones, and then I'll I'll close it off. Go ahead, Bill. Well, when I when I first saw that, I thought my line of thinking went straight to the state of Ohio. Um, so I kind of thought of two two kids. Um, one of them is one of my two best players I've ever seen in person. Period, uh, football wise, that would be the Big O or Orlando Pace. Uh, he was a mountain on the basketball court too. Uh, and I think he was a pretty good football player, as I recall, you know, like maybe NFL hall of fame type guy, no doubt about her. Uh, so the big O would be one of them. And then I kind of thought to a guy that I, I wasn't quite doing this. I don't, uh, but when he was in high school, but I saw him play both football and basketball. Um, and that was a guy that kind of, unfortunately, is, is still in the news, not necessarily for the best reasons, but that'd be Art Schleister. He was a really talented guard in basketball. And I'm a hoops guy, as a lot of people know. I'm a 
basketball coach, old basketball coach. I guess I emphasize the word old there, but uh, uh, that was That's my it. area. And I really liked Art Schleister as a basketball player, too. He went to Ohio State, by the way, uh, with the intention of maybe giving both a shot um, and going that direction. But um, I really thought he was a talent, super talented guy in both sports. And I'm going to go out of, out of Ohio for one more. Um, Terrell Pryor, um, quarterback, mm-hmm. basketball player, track athlete. I mean, the kid was just unbelievably gifted. Uh, another one I saw that, uh, you know, you know, you're wild by his physical abilities. I was going to make a joke about uh, Arch Leeser took plenty of shots at Ohio State that just weren't on the court. We were talking about greatest uh, multi-sport athletes we've ever seen. I said Percy Harvin, State of Virginia. His junior year. He led Lansdowne High School in Virginia Beach to the state championship game in football, which they won. He had 476 yards of offense in the game and scored a touchdown, rushing, receiving, interception return, kickoff return, and one other way I can't remember. Then he led uh, Lansdowne to the state championship in basketball. He was not even a basketball player. Um He was probably the second best guy on the team to get to the state championship in the state of Virginia in the largest classification is virtually impossible. He did it. Then in the spring, he competed in track and field and he was the first individual in 69 years to win five titles. He won the hundred, the 200, the long jump, the triple jump and ran the anchor and the four by one. So, uh, that was a decent junior year. Now, he became so popular that football season, uh, there were some issues. And then basketball season, he got into a tussle with another player during a game. There was so much interference, the Virginia High School League banned Harvin from interscholastic competition because they could not control the crowds. Okay, so he never got to defend basketball. He never got to defend any of his track titles, so. His junior year, state championship in football, five touchdowns, five different ways, basketball state championship, and then in the spring, five titles in track. And by the way, I'm not kidding. I think he smoked cigarettes the whole time. He's got the <laughs> scratchiest voice of anyone you've ever met. Um, and really the reason he got banned from the VHSL is because they had had such issues with Allen Iverson a few years earlier that they were trying to get out ahead of it. And uh, so that's where that went. And uh, we all saw what he did for Urban Meyer in, uh, at Florida. And there were times I thought Percy in the pros was the best player on the field at times. He uh, enjoyed his off-the-court his off the court festivities, and that probably uh, limited his career. But no question, the best three-sport <laughs> three athlete I ever saw. And uh, I don't think that will ever be top, to tell you the truth. Yeah, that'd be hard to top that type of... That, that, that's, that's an unbelievable... Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, it's crazy. Bill, who do you rank as the top? Oh, we've done this. One. Yeah, yeah, we already did. Bill, Iowa, Indiana, and Michigan games coming up at the shoe. Do we have big visitors scheduled for Iowa and Indiana? I assume there's going to be just an absolute red carpet list for Michigan. Yeah, let me hit on a couple names for the Iowa and Indiana games first. Um, uh, the Iowa game, Carnell Tate is scheduled to make his official visit to Ohio State. And with, with all the talk about him um, visiting Tennessee this weekend, you know, I, I think it's uh, huge that he's making his official visit to Ohio State. Uh, yet to go. He hasn't used that up yet, and that is scheduled for the Iowa game. So, so that is huge. That's one I, the headliner I would mention for Iowa. Although uh, Montrez Walker, he's a um, 2025 linebacker from Buford, and Buford is loaded. I mean, you know, that's where Harry Miller uh, played his high school football, and they're loaded uh, moving forward. So, yeah, he's scheduled to be at the Ohio State. Iowa games. That's two I mentioned for that. And the big one, Indiana-wise right now, is Arian Carter, the linebacker from Smyrna, Tennessee. And I did a, a piece on him last night on our site. Um, yeah, I think his decision is going to likely come down to three schools. Uh, one of the fastest rising linebackers in the country. High State would love to add him to the class. Uh, Jim Knowles went down to Tennessee on Monday, first thing, first day they're out on the road, stopped to see uh, Carter. He's making uh, his official visit to Ohio State for the Indiana game. I think his decision will come down to Alabama, Ohio State, Tennessee, although he's got some other schools in the mix. Um, Alabama's the leader right now, but Ohio State uh, and Tennessee, for that matter, when he makes their official visits to those two schools, are going to try to change his thinking. Um, As you mentioned, it's going to be a – a huge weekend for Michigan. It'll be the red carpet type thing, you know, all that'll be mostly though, uh, you know, for Indy, I shouldn't say Indiana for um, the Notre Dame, Wisconsin game. There was some concentration, those games, obviously on 2023 recruiting um, with guys coming in like Mateo and Keon, Damon Wilson, that type. Uh, But um, for the Michigan game, that's traditionally, and it will be in this year, that's mostly when the end of the season, they're starting to focus their visitors on the 2024, the next class, 2024, 2025. And it'll be some great players. Of course, most of their commitments, many of their commitments will be at that Ohio state, Michigan game. Uh, Ryan Montgomery, a quarterback uh, from Finley is scheduled to be there. Miles Lockhart, a defensive back 2024 from Arizona is going to make the long trip. Jaden Perlodi, a 2025 linebacker from Buford, is going to be there. Aaron Scott, Bryce West, we've talked about those two guys. They're going to be there. I think I think uh, uh, Ian Moore, their offensive line target from Indiana, 
uh, from the state of, or I should say, uh, from the class of 2024. So, you know, I, I could go on with more and more, but those are some of the top guys that uh, will be at the Michigan game. And that list will just grow and grow between now and then. Mark, I'm not trying to ignore you here, but Bill, there's a ton of questions on here on the three defensive ends Ohio State is still in the mix for. Ironically, we we're talking before the show. I just went to check it out. Yes, Ohio State has played the waiting game with Mateo Uwe Ungale, Damon Wilson, and Keon Keeley. But if you look at the top 247, those are the top three rated edge prospects in the United States. So they're worth the wait, theoretically. Bill, any new information on any of the three of them? Well, one thing I'd, I'd say is that to start with is that, you know, it's smart if you're Ohio State to play the waiting game on those three. As you mentioned, Dan, they're the three top defensive ed, edge guys in the country. There are five star guys and smart because when you're Ohio State, if let's say they only get one or God forbid, they don't get any of them. Ohio State does a great job of getting in on guys later. Um Devin Brown. Nobody was talking about Devin Brown at this time a year ago because Ohio State wasn't really recruiting him. Devin Brown ends up in the class. That's just one example. Ohio State is a school that can do that. The wait on those guys. And if they don't fill their needs by the time those three guys decide, then they can they'll create options for themselves. They always do. Now, Mateo, he's probably gonna wait. He's gonna go the, the distance. Uh Keon Keeley and Damon Wilson. I tend to think that in the, within the next month, they probably will both decide. Keeley, it's it's down. You know, Florida's still kind of in the picture, but Keon, it's, it's down to Ohio State and Alabama, basically. And right now, the next job or the next thing for Keon is getting his commitment date. He's going to announce a commitment date. Then he'll go ahead and whatever date he picks makes his announcement. But, you know, I think Alabama has the edge right now, but I'm not ready to crystal ball him there yet. I want to let's get to the commitment date first and see what happens then leading up to that. I think uh, with Damon Wilson, you know, when he made his official visit to Ohio State, I wrote, uh, and that's been a several weeks, I wrote that this is going to be in all likelihood Ohio State and Georgia. That's what I was told. That's what I was hearing come down to Ohio State and Georgia. And that's where it is right now. It's Ohio State and Georgia right now. Alabama's not out of the picture. But right now, it's it, it's Ohio State and Georgia. And right now, it's too close to call. I've talked to some people on the Georgia side, and even they feel like, well, Georgia might be sitting in a decent position right now. But even they feel this one is too close to call right now between Ohio State and Georgia. Yeah, Rusty Manziel covers the Georgia beat, and it's as veteran as it gets. And from what I read of his stuff, I think he has a slight lean towards Ohio State as of now. But as you said, that could go down to the wire. And uh, like we said, top three guys, edge rushers. You don't want to say the national championship is going to be decided among those three guys' decisions, but it's going to be impacted because uh, those are the elite players who tip the scales. Mark, this uh, question from Warrior Buck is directed right to 3-1 fastball for Mark. Do you think Ohio not allowing spring football hurts the development of Ohio players? Obviously, compared to states that do have spring ball, Ohio produces a lot of Division I players. I believe we trail California, Georgia, Texas, Georgia, 
maybe Florida. Louisiana. Um, Florida is the other one. Florida. Yeah, Florida, um, Texas, California, Georgia, and Ohio. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I believe all those other states have spring football. Yes. Um, without a doubt, it does hurt the development of players. Uh, I'm, this is right <laughs> my wheelhouse right, right now. I have a 12-year-old that did all the uh, flag football, which is basically seven on seven, right up till 12 years old. And then the OSHA pulls the plug on the 12-year-olds and say, once you start playing seventh grade football, no more extracurricular flag football leagues. Okay. So that means a spring ball or seven on seven teams are, are next in Ohio. Uh, that's a severe disadvantage. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons Ohio does it. Uh, there's 700 high schools in Ohio, a little more than that. And more than half of them are smaller schools, uh, smaller schools where if they had spring football, it would essentially nuke the baseball program, the track program, where kids would be playing spring football and not be playing those other sports. Uh, so they never really formalized a, like a spring football like that to, to save the other sports, quite frankly. Uh, and then the other part of it is we've seen basketball go the AAU direction where once basketball season is over, the real basketball season starts where you're on the road with your big time players and big time games. And sometimes the AAU games draw the same crowds that, you know, big time high school games. And a lot of the recruiting goes on through AAU. And I think if you asked high school basketball coaches, they've lost control of their players at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Bill's over there raising his hand where, you know, these players aren't even loyal to the high school coach anymore. They're more loyal to an AAU coach or, you know, the AAU coach may have more pool or something. So it kind of dilutes, you know, the high school basketball. And I think that you know, Ohio high school coaches had their head in the right place saying, you know, well, we don't want a football going that way where as soon as football season's over, half our team's playing seven-on-seven seven football for different seven-on-seven seven teams. And, you know, down in Florida, I mean, the two-life crew has a team. You know, Snoop Dogg has a team. You know, like it, it's Nike has a team and the money and the things like that. It gets shady would maybe be a word, you know, for these kids and, you know, who can offer them the most money to get on their seven-on-seven seven team. So, Ohio has the right idea of keeping it clean, but the developmental issue uh, and my son being a quarterback or, or a skill position player or receiver, it, it's just brutal on those guys. They need more reps and more throws and, you know, they can do it on their own, of course, but there's nothing that substitutes the team atmosphere and team development. And, you know, there, there's, they've proposed different things and, you know, a couple days here and there where you could get together in the spring and, the coaches are making strides and I don't mean to give a long answer. The Ohio high school coaches don't like it either. They don't like that their players aren't developed, but it's a real fine line before you say, Hey, let's open up the floodgates and turn this into AAU seven on seven football. I mean, I can see both sides of it. Um, I guess there's somewhat of an, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality going here. But, but, you know, and seriously, Ohio State doing as well as they do as a program without it in their state probably hurts the idea of doing it. You know, if, if the, yeah. it was uh, obvious that Florida and the other schools were taking advantage of it, but I don't know. It's a tough call. I can see where some of the coaches are coming from. Unfortunately, when I have drilled down on this, when I've asked coaches about this, um, this is even uh, back when I was in Virginia. The problem is a lot of the guys who are just don't want to work year round. And so I don't blame you for not wanting to work year round for being a football coach, 
But if it's a 365 job somewhere else and you're not working 365, the idea that you're going to produce the same result is faulty. So I think there are probably enough guys now with the specialization that if you're going to become a coach, you're not doing it for the money, at least uh, in the high school level in most spots. So, you know, unless it's you're probably, in Texas. Unless you're probably a 15 in Texas. That's true. Those no guys yeah. are, I, my first year of high school teaching and coaching was an eye opener. I was born and raised in Ohio, went down to Houston, Texas, and got my first teaching and coaching job. Walked into the 10,000-seat stadiums, and I don't mean bleachers. I mean no. stadiums down there. And this was, um, you know, this was uh, 40 years ago. Uh, it was like, oh, my goodness. And I found out what some of the head coaches at some of these programs were making, and all their job was was to be the head football coach and uh, the athletic director for certain sports type. That's, that was their job. They were not teaching classes. And I uh, realized uh, this is a whole new world down in Texas when it comes to football. It's one of the reasons I came back, by the way, is because I was a basketball coach first, and I did not like my sport uh, basically being uh, uh, a distant, distant, distant second fiddle to football. Um New world down there at that point in my life. So I have a good friend who coached basketball to won over 300 games in Virginia and took a job in Houston at a private school. And he was good enough that he was named the uh, McDonald's All-American coach with the East squad. Um, he said in Texas, he's like, the priorities are completely changed. Football is the number one priority of the school above academics. Kids, there is an afternoon class for an hour that's your varsity sport. So you get an extra hour of film time in the afternoon. Um, and the most powerful people in the town, like you said, the highest paid people in the town are the football coach and the athletic director, often the same person. So, yeah, if you want to be, uh, you want to run some Friday night lights and be like the guy in, uh, you know, Roadhouse and run yourself a, a, a town. That's the way to do it. Uh, go to Texas. They uh, Spring football. They got summer football. They got Christmas break football. They got everything down there in, uh, in Texas. All right, let's yeah, finish I, with this. I, I, I was not, by the way, I, had, I wasn't married uh, right out of college. I went down there. Uh -oh. And it's a good, well, it's a good, it's a good thing I wasn't married because I was the freshman football coach at a big high school in Texas. And just as the freshman football coach, my time expenditure on the on football was incredible. It was all school year long. You're doing something uh, for the football program, even as a freshman football coach. Um, I think I would have been divorced if I had been married at that point after one year of teaching and coaching. I wasn't the head coach, so I had to teach too. I imagine the football coaches are hot commodities down there too, Bill. So you never know. There's a little yin yang action there. Let's talk I about would not know about that. <laughs> let's uh, let's do this. How about you guys tell us where you're planning on going this weekend? I know Bill has some issues with the Guardians and the weather report, but uh, let's have an idea of where you're going this weekend and then maybe what you're expecting out of the Big Ten tilt between Michigan and Penn State. Go ahead, Mark. 
Um, I haven't decided where I'm going. I'm trying to see if I should go see the quarterback at Bellafontaine and maybe double that up with the Springfield Wildcats. And I know Bill just saw them last weekend. Or do I go up to Winford and check out the big offensive lineman that was at the Ohio State camp? But once you hit up the Winford territory, there's not much else to see up there. So it'd be kind of a, a, a lonely night as far as prospects goes. But that's kind of my job is to get to some of these different places that aren't on your normal map and, and do the digging. You want to see darkness? Drive between those towns late at night. When I used to be a high school reporter covering games like that, back in the day, it, you, I'm not going to say you hear banjos, but you get freaked out a little bit. It gets that's real dark. And the, yep. Go ahead, William. Oh, sorry, Mark, no vibe on uh, Michigan, Penn State? You know, the vibe, vibes from what I see and the highlights or whatever, I, I think Michigan, you know, I think they're just, a little hotter, you know, coming off last year. And, you know, Penn State, uh, their back's kind of against the wall. So that, you know, that may have something to do with it. I think they need to win this. But Michigan's rolling. William? Uh, my intention is to go down to Cincinnati for the, I think, 85th time this football season to Southwest Ohio. It seems like every weekend I, I think I am in either the Dayton or and or Cincinnati areas because there so are much so talent, many good so much players greatness. there, and this this year down there. But right, my plan is to go down and see Cincinnati Winton Woods and Jermaine Matthews uh, tomorrow night. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, Jermaine Matthews, by the way, is having a great senior season. He has, I believe, six interceptions already. Three of which he's taken back for touchdowns. Last week he took one back. Eight, I think it was 90, 90 yards for a touchdown. So uh, that's my intention. Uh, as far as the uh, Penn State-Michigan game, you know, I, I think if it was at Penn State, I would probably go with Penn State. But, but being that it's at Michigan, I'd probably get the edge to Michigan. We shall see. I really thought Maryland had Michigan. There was a couple bad calls in that game and some – Chances at turnovers Maryland didn't get. And I haven't been that impressed with Michigan, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm just not a Clifford guy. So I, I think I just want to see Michigan undefeated for the end of the year. I agree with that. More drama, the better. And also probably better for your locking in your playoff uh, position, although I think we're in good shape there. We appreciate Mark and Bill making time for us. I apologize for the technical difficulties. We will get on the IT team after this heavily. Everyone have a great weekend. Have a good one, Bucknutters. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.